The stories you will tell will be special and different because of who you are. Welcome to a special edition of Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl, And today we remember a friend, a mentor, a colleague, and one of my favorite human beings on the face of the earth, Cokie Roberts. Cokie, our ABC News family and the rest of the world learned, died to complications, breast cancer, Uh, We will be talking to uh, her friends here at ABC, remembering some of the incredible high points, and boy, were there many, of her career as a journalist. I have to say I came to ABC News more than 15 years ago, and Cokie Roberts, I revered her. I was in awe of her, and I walked into ABC News, and the idea that I was going to be working at the same place as Cokie Roberts was something that that meant a lot to me. I grew up watching her. Her the combination of her passion for history and her passion for politics, uh, her sense of humor. I, I it was just amazing. And what what the, the most surprising thing to me is how generous a colleague she was when I came in. Um, I was you know a newbie at ABC. It can be a tough place to come in from the outside, and uh, she welcomed me with open arms. And I want to I want to just start with with. Uh, a moment that uh, I shared with Cokie on the floor of the Democratic Convention in Philadelphia in 2016, because I, when I think of national political conventions, I think of Cokie Roberts. Because as I grew up and I watched the conventions, one of the things that I remembered Democratic and Republican conventions was seeing Cokie Roberts on the floor, often generating more attention and excitement than the people she was trying to interview. She was certainly more well-known than most of them. So I had a chance. This was a little bit of a thrill. I mean, I, I you know, Cokie's friend and a, and, a, and, a, and a colleague, but still, this still hit me. I had a chance to interview Cokie myself from the floor of the convention. And I just want to play the very beginning of this interview because she, she comes forward with a piece of information that kind of blew me away. I've got a really special guest. This one means a lot to me. I've got... Cokie Roberts. And let me tell you, when I think of political conventions, when I think of national conventions, I think of Cokie Roberts on the floor. I've seen you on the floor as a floor reporter. With those great big Yes. So I'm going to ask you, you don't have to answer, but I'm going to ask you, how many of these things have you been to? This is the 22nd. The 20, can you guys, can you guys just absorb that for a second? 22 (laughs) conventions. Incredible. And this is the first one that will nominate a woman. (laughs) <laughs> there you go with the sense of humor. So, so, that, so that's Cokie. Uh, Twenty-two conventions, obviously many as a young child with with uh, with her parents, and then uh, as as a journalist. Uh, so I am joined right now by two of my ABC News uh, friends and colleagues on the on the White House, what we call the Pennsylvania Avenue Unit. Avery Miller, I've worked with for almost as long as I've been at, at ABC, and Karen Travers, who is side by side with me in in the White House booth, and with both of you, you both have uniquely strong connections to Cokie Roberts. And John, as producers, as Avery. a producer, uh, this is Avery Miller, <laughs> a producer at ABC News, and uh, we try to stay behind the scenes. But uh, John convinced uh, both Karen and me to come on the p- podcast. But um, very spoiled. I 
been at ABC for 25 years. I was Cokie's campaign producer uh, for a lot of that time. Together we interviewed Barbara Bush, Laura Bush, Gerald Ford, George Bush, Lynn Cheney, Warren Buffett. And um, she was just always the consummate professional. Um, you said that she was so well-known. tried traveling in an airport <laughs> with Cokie Roberts. We used to be mobbed, and I used to tease her, how many refrigerators do you think your photo is on, Cokie? <laughs> uh, and she just laughed, so modest. But we um, we had uh, one interview that I was uh, reminiscing about that we were um, in Houston, and we were supposed to do the very first interview with Laura Bush and Barbara Bush together. Um, it was before the Iowa caucuses. And typical Cokie, she sort of set it up, and uh, there were a lot of dynamics going on between Laura oh, and Barbara yes. Bush, <laughs> as we know, the daughter-in-law, mother-in-law. And um, Cokie said, You have said that he's in temperament and personality a lot like his mother. And I remember Barbara leaning forward and saying, That's Careful. right. They loved the Careful. needle. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just consummate Cokie. She would get interviews and emotions and um, such genuine truths out of people as they spoke. I've been at ABC, this is Karen Travers, for 19 years, and I'm here because of Cokie and Avery. Um, Cokie spoke when I was an intern on Capitol Hill. Uh, it was a book signing. I have the book that she signed for me that day on my shelf. I have a photo that I took with Cokie in 1998 or 1999. And after meeting her, the impression she made, and just from seeing her work, the only place I applied for an internship was ABC's This Week. Mm-hmm. And I only emailed Avery. I went around all of the process and just emailed Avery directly because I found her name and had the privilege then of working for Koki and Avery uh, during the 2000 primaries and have been here ever since. And Koki was such a mentor to me and to so many, especially young women at ABC. She came into journalism with an incredible pedigree to parents who were both members of Congress. She was uh, the the consummate Washington family, but she did her own path. She worked her way up the ranks and never was somebody that was that came off as the insider. She was still so kind and generous and she fought for her place at the round table this week's roundtable and the conversation in Washington. And she always impressed upon me and others at ABC how to make your voice heard, do good work, but be a nice person when you did it. You didn't have to change who you were to ask tough questions and to get information. You could do it with a smile. Koki would do it with a jab and a grin when she asked tough questions uh, of Democrats and Republicans. She she was aggressive and Mm -hmm. she called out BS. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, she she knew what was going on, and uh, if if I mean, it didn't matter. There there was no there, there was no ideology there, frankly, in in, in how uh, you know she took on the newsmakers, but also also her own colleagues, uh, and <laughs> and yet uh, such a, a genuine genuine and, and kind and generous uh, person. You know, I, I this is just so amazing, but. I mean, it was just about two weeks ago that she took my daughter, Emily, out to lunch. And, you know, Koki was going through all that she's been going through health-wise. And um, she sent me this lovely note about my amazing daughter, um, (laughs) uh, who who she has met at conventions and and around. She kind of grew up with as well. And, um, I mean, she's just so – so she was a a mentor to to a lot of young women in this business and to also a lot of people like me. I mean, I – I'm writing this 
book uh, about my experience covering Trump. It's a book that I'm writing in part because Cokie in- encouraged it. And she was one of the very first people I had read my early chapters. And, you know, when I didn't know whether or not um, I was on the right track, if I was going in the right way, she told me I was. She also <laughs> told me a couple of places where I wasn't and uh, called out at least two errors in the history of things that I thought I was damn right about. And she was like, oh, no, not Never exactly. Doubt her. Never. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I just absolutely loved her. But, but I think, I mean, Avery, you, you worked for for her on, you know, basically at, uh, she was at the peak of the profession. I mean, she was the kind of person that could get, you know, a, a first lady and a future first lady together for a joint interview. I mean, not many people could pull that off. Uh, interviewing uh, people, like you said, Gerald Ford, presidents, candidates for president. Um, but there's a personal side to her. And she was just always, I mean, we've talked about being a mentor, but family first, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never, ever hesitated to tell Koki if there was something personal, especially with our frenetic schedules. Uh, she was at, I, I will still never forget, I just had my baby girl, and the nurse uh, poked her head into the hospital room and said to me, I think Koki Roberts is in the hallway <laughs> wanting to see you. And my stock went up dramatically. Now, now, was she asking for help on a story? Or, or was this, uh, <laughs> no, okay, exactly. okay, good. I just want to be yes, sure. Because I had, might stop by right. and say, you know, uh, you know we got, we got a, <laughs> Forget we're on it. deadline when, here. When yeah. she walked in that door, there was never anything professional. And, I mean, John, even today I'm getting these beautiful texts from friends of mine that um, she had connected with when I had said, you know, this friend of mine has breast cancer. Can you, I mean, Koki didn't know this person, but yeah. she always tried to help with medical advice or the best doctors or, and it, she just never hesitated to do that. And it was always family first. When you would see her in the hallway, she wouldn't ask what was the best scoop you had recently or what story are you working on today? It was always, how are the kids? How is life? Are you doing anything interesting? And an anecdote that I love about Koki is that um, in 2015, our we had twins, and they spent several months in the hospital. Koki is the grandmother of twins, so she knew what we were going through, and she was incredibly kind. She checked in on me almost every week just to see how we were doing. And when the twins were in the hospital, uh, Koki signed up on the Google Doc where our friends were giving us food. And Koki signed in and said what day she was going to bring food, and she dropped it off herself. I have a text message from her that just said, hey, Travers, it's Koki. Left the food on your porch. Don't want to talk. Like You've got a lot going on. She had made homemade Louisiana, of course, food. Of course, yeah. She was also, I think, the only person in all of that wonderful generosity we got who also gave three bottles of wine to go with the food because <laughs> she said, I know what you really need right now. <laughs> and she, I had friends saying, I'm looking to sign up for food. Is that the Cokie Roberts that's on that <laughs> list? I said, it is the Cokie Roberts. And I got called out for this uh, today on ABC News Digital, but I didn't return the dishes she had brought all the food in. And I asked her once, can I bring this back? She said, oh, no, it's not worth it. So we have our Cokie dishes that we use <laughs> for leftovers <laughs> and Koki things dishes. because I still have several of them, which are lovely with nice lids. <laughs> so uh, we have, I believe, uh, Trevor Hastings, uh, our executive producer, has, I believe, Recline on the on the line here. Right, Rick? Hey, guys. How are you? So, Rick, uh, Cokie was a, a regular on the Powerhouse Politics podcast, and I think it's fair to say one of our favorite guests. Oh, no question. Oh, no question. And you always knew she brought something. I mean, that was the astounding thing, is that the amount of history in her brain, 
Uh, she was always studying, always reading, always asking questions, always probing for more information, uh, accumulating more knowledge all the time. And, and that's the depth that she brought to any conversation. And you could ask her about the state of a House race or a Senate race. And she wanted to gossip about the latest in the presidential race. She, she always had a little bit of dish she had heard from a friend who was at a fundraiser or, or something like that. And I, I just remember through the midterms last year, you know, we do all of this fancy research for our contributors so that people like John Carl, frankly, don't have to do all the hard work. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, we had done all this work on all these races. Now, Koki shows up with all of these handwritten notebooks, and it was down to the congressional district that she knew California 42 versus 43 and was pointing out little errors that we had in our research and asking questions. And again, the night before the election, she's sitting there with her own spreadsheets that were all hand-drawn in her notebooks where she's handicapping how many seats uh, the Democrats would need and where they would come from and how the night would play out. And I'm just thinking, you know what? She's at a stage, people, she was literally a living legend, right? She'd been named so by the Library of Congress, but she didn't live on that legacy. I mean, she could have just at, at that point in her career as, uh, as uh, someone from a political family and a legendary journalist, she could have just gone out there and, and said a couple of things and, and it would have been a good night. That wasn't how she worked. She had all of this research, all of this stuff at the ready. And every time we talked to her, John, she'd surprise you with some tidbit or have some insight or some piece of reporting that you just didn't know. And, and she was also the first, Rick, to, to respond when, we, when you, you had some bit of reporting yourself or some, something that you were, uh, you know, we, 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 we live on email here at ABC <laughs> the News. The Koki kind of, reply all. Yeah, the Koki, I mean, yeah, the Koki reply. I mean, she, she, was, she was in tune and in tune to also what, what, what the, the newbies. I mean, you're, you, 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 Rick, you, you know, you have this great group of uh, incredibly talented and many of them very green, um, you know, uh, young journalists who are embeds out uh, on the campaign. And and she, I mean, she's a mentor and has been a mentor, uh, you know, for every every four years, that class of embeds gets to know and hear from Koki Roberts. And, you know, guys, I only learned about some of it today in the wake of her passing because people are, are text texting or sending emails or putting on Twitter about their recollections, and you find out that entire generations of reporters, some of whom are still out in the field now, others of whom uh, have gone on to, to bigger and better things beyond that, they all have these notes that they have saved and printed out from Koki Roberts. And I didn't know. Sometimes she'd hit reply all by accident, <laughs> so we found out. But but often it was just a private note of encouragement or just to check up on, on the human nature. I know when I started it at ABC back in 2007, I had never been in the network before. I was awed by these giants of the industry that I was working with, people like Charlie Gibson and Sam Donaldson and Diane Sawyer and Koki Roberts. And when I wrote my first edition of The Note back in April 2007... ABC's The, the Note. ABC's The Note. One of, one, of the, one of the responses I got almost immediately was from Koki uh, thanking me for being smart but not snarky. And uh, I saved that, and, and it's, it's printed out in a, in a file drawer, the kind of, the kind of reminiscence that you, you go back to when you need it in the low times. And it was that, that part of the tradition, the way that she carried on the, tr the, the grand tradition of ABC News and of political reporting, it, it was just, uh, it, it was awe-inspiring. And I, I hope that, that we now, as veteran journalists, can only do a portion of what she did in terms of mentorship, uh, sometimes implicitly and, and often explicitly in bringing people along. And, and she didn't like the snark, and she was she was serious. She had integrity. Uh, she came from a political family, uh, became uh, a journalist, and took that took the responsibility of, of journalism seriously. And I think was uncomfortable when she saw uh, journalists veer into partisanship or 
you know, uh, straight snark. I mean, she respected the, the 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 people we were covering, but she she called it called them out. Oh yeah, she would and, she would call them out. But I I always thought the difference, John, and, and maybe this is a function of being from a political family, is that she didn't she didn't rush to ascribe evil motivations to yes. journal to 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 to, uh, to politicians. She knew that they're human beings, most of whom were out there to do the right thing or trying to do the right thing, and it, she didn't need to be out there with the with the quickest commentary condemning something. She understood. She knew a lot of these men and women, frankly, on a personal level. So that that helps. But I, I, I aspire to that in, in the political reporting that I do, is to, to take the, the men and women that you run into um, in, in our jobs at face value uh, until they give you reason not to. But there's no reason to, to rush to, 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 to have the, the smartest and, uh, and snarkiest thing to say about someone when there's just such fascinating things that are going on. You want to be learning from the people that, that you're around. You don't need to be uh, passing judgment. And somehow she always found a way to, to educate without feeling didactic and to and to judge sometimes but without feeling judgmental and she didn't like the reverse uh where politicians might be snarky to journalists she felt that it should always stay at a very respectful level well rick thank you for joining us where are you by the way I'm in Chicago uh, on, on my way to Iowa out to uh, hit the trail a little bit uh, and, and hopefully make Koki proud. Well, I think, I think Koki would appreciate you recalling us uh, <laughs> in or out to Iowa. Thank, thanks a lot. Rick Klein. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, there was something. I, somebody just sent me a picture um, as, as we're here on the set. I believe this is the 2008 election night uh, set. And, uh, you know, sitting next to Koki Roberts, uh, can you imagine, I mean, just, you know, to be, to, to be there with somebody that, I mean, I had such enormous respect for, and I had grown up learning from and watching and then to, to find out that there couldn't be a nicer, more generous colleague. Yeah. John, I found that handwritten letter of recommendation that Koki wrote for me when I was applying to grad school <laughs> back uh, when I had just started at ABC. And this, it was just a classic Koki line. She said of me, she has the great good sense to understand that she needs to accumulate more knowledge in order to be a useful journalist. <laughs> which <laughs> that really, is, that it is, is it. perfect, which basically means like, keep learning, kid. You got yeah. a lot to do. But that's what Rick but was she saying. Never stopped she learning. never stopped. She was still writing her own charts and spreadsheets for the midterms and looking up very minute house data and demographic data. She never stopped learning. And it shows that in this industry, you could just sit back and pontificate and analyze and talk. But no, she was still a practitioner of this. And she was a reporter. Uh, and she was still trying to get the story. So I think I think the, the essence of this, the, the, the kind of, and maybe we should go back and write our kind of Cokie's uh, guide to journalism. <laughs> yes. But 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 I, I think it's it's do your homework, know what's going on, be prepared. And it wasn't – so part of that is what Rick was referring to. You know, she, she knew the current landscape. She knew the players. She knew what was going on. Uh, she, she took the research that, that uh, our folks here at ABC were doing. She did her own research. She talked to her own people. But then that's one aspect of it. The other is the history because she spent so much time immersed. I mean, she wrote her books, but she spent so much time immersed in – American political history. Um, and, you know, those those two things, I think, were essential. And if I can add a third, it's the, it's the respect. It's respect for the people you're covering. That doesn't mean you're not really hard on them when you have to be. It doesn't mean that you, 
you know, don't point it out when they say something that is ridiculous or or hypocritical or not true. She did that without fear and without hesitation. But she did, you know, treat the people uh, that, that she was covering with, with respect. Um, and, you know, not, like I said, you know, some, you jump to like, oh, politicians, all a bunch. You know, she, she came from a family of politicians. <laughs> They're complicated people. I think that's very true, yeah. And she always uh, also always did her homework. You all were talking about the spreadsheets. Whenever we did any kind of interview or went on the campaign trail, she had a thick folder, tons of paper. She was also a historian just as much as a journalist. Uh, ask anything about Abigail Adams, make one mistake on uh, <laughs> well, that's history, it. and she that's would it. correct you like that. Yeah. And and uh, not just Abigail Adams. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Mrs. Fillmore. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Mrs. Harding. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, all right, we have to take a quick break. I wanna I wanna really thank uh, Avery Miller and Karen Travers, uh, two who knew Koki as well as anybody here at ABC News, for sharing those recollections, the uh, the big journalism ones, but also the the personal ones. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Powerhouse Politics in our special episode dedicated to our friend, our colleague, Koki Roberts. And I am joined now by the great Sam Donaldson, somebody who worked side by side with Koki. And Sam, a sad day, uh, a sad day. And I, I, I think of Koki Roberts, I think of Sam Donaldson. Well, I, you're very kind, but I'm a pygmy compared to Koki <laughs> when it comes to greatness. I thought of a line, I'm not Irish, I'm Scottish, but I thought of a line that in 1963, Daniel Pat Moynihan, who was an assistant secretary of labor, voiced on November 22nd, when he said, you can't be Irish without knowing that the world will break your heart someday. And I think all of us who knew Koki feel a little bit like that today, a little bit of heartbroken, because she not only, John, as you know, was a fine journalist and a a uh, very strong presence in Washington, knew everybody there, knew all the politics and all that. She was a force of nature, right? She's a force of nature and an incredibly generous human being. I mean, generous with with her colleagues. I mean, I, I, I remember coming into this, you know, coming into ABC. I'd been at, at CNN, and, you know, you come into ABC, it can be a tough place to walk into. But but she was somebody who took seriously the idea, as as I know you did as well, of of being a mentor uh, to the to to the next generation of journalists. And she was the so well, that's many. True. And I think one of the reasons was, of course, as a woman, and and as one of the pioneers, Koki understood what it was like to be a woman trying to break into a man's business. I mean, you had to do a hundred and ten percent just to barely stay even. I'll never forget the day she showed up. Finally, we got a woman on the David Brinkley program in 1988. We had the best one in the world when Koki Roberts was hired to be on the panel, to ask the questions and all of that. And she remembers the day she said, I showed up that morning and all of you, you, David Brinkley, uh, George Will, were in the uh, conference room waiting for me. She said, it was a little bit like walking into the lion's den. (laughs) But then she added, I'm so pleased to tell you, you were one of the tamest lions. (laughs) Classic. And she, she mentored the young women because she knew what it was like to, to have to break in. Uh, and she did, did a lot of work that people don't even know about from the standpoint. You mentioned she's kind, she's, she's generous, she's considerate with her time. Wow, was she? I mean, you know, I could barely get an appointment once I left town and I'd come back to town. 
and want to see her. It's like getting on the list and hoping that she could clear a few minutes, and she always did, of course. But those, but those days, the uh, you know, this week with David Brinkley, and then of course this week with Sam and Cokie. I mean, that uh, there, there's an entire generation of journalists that grew up watching those programs, learning from those programs. I mean, I, I you know, you and 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 George and Cokie, they're with with David Brinkley, you know, our man Jack Smith setting you up. I mean, that that was, I think, you know, kind of the uh, the, 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 the pinnacle of, uh, of, of of Sunday shows. That was it. Well, uh, you know, in those days, cable, CNN was just getting started in the 80s. And now it was joined in the 90s, of course, by uh, so many channels I can't even, can't even cite the number. Uh, but we were the ones that people turned to to find out some analysis of what was going on. There had been some syndicated shows, the Gronsky and Company, a couple, but, but ours, the David Brinkley program, was the first one in which journalists, now today it's every retired uh, member of the Congress and <laughs> who knows, journalists were allowed and told that was our job to give our views, give our views. And so we did. Uh, and without a woman in the panel, it was pretty tough. When Koki got there, it got much better. And let me just review for you, John, a story I know that you know, because I think Today, in remembrances of all through the broadcast media, people are playing the clip that I remember so vividly from the time that John Tower, the senator from Texas, came on our program in 1989. He'd been nominated to be Secretary of Defense, but there's a lot of critics on the Hill, and one of the criticisms was that he drank too much. So Senator Tower came on to be interviewed by us, and uh, he started by just saying before anyone asked him, let me just tell you, if I'm confirmed as Secretary of Defense, I will not touch a drop of spirits, alcohol, while I'm in that seat. Well, he was also criticized in another way, so I said, well, Senator, they also say you're a womanizer. He said, Sam, what's a womanizer? Well, I started fumbling around, knowing that every woman I'd ever met was watching and listening. <laughs> I thought a woman. Cokie Roberts spoke up gently, no animus in her voice, but she said rather sternly, Senator, I know one when I see one. Classic. She didn't name him, but you could see the balloon just burst. The air just went out. She had that ability to ask the toughest of all possible questions, but do it in a gentle way and and not berate. Just ask the question. And, and we were talking earlier. I, I, uh, one of the things that struck me is is she was tough as 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 can be in those, in, especially in those days. I mean, she she called out the BS as you just described. She did with with John Tower. Um, but but she treated the political figures that you guys had on with respect. I mean, toughness, uh, tough to all sides. Um, but coming from a political family, I, I think is part of it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I she, she treated the, the no, 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 you're right, John. She, her father was until uh, his death, and I think it's nineteen seventy two. Was majority leader of the House. He was going to be the speaker. She grew up in Washington. And, and in Washington in those days, the 60s, 70s, even to some extent in the 80s and, and even to some extent in the 90s, uh, partisan uh, battles went on, but not personal. And uh, people understood the rigors of the office. The other guys got problems, and I understand that, even though he's a Republican or a Democrat, uh, far different from today. So Cokie, I think, genuinely liked, she met all those people. Lyndon Johnson, the President of the United States in 1990, 
1966, came to her wedding with Steve Roberts. So say that she knew everyone, she began with the top there. Uh, but she understood it. So there was no animus. There was no hatred. You, you, John, you hear people today say, I hate so-and-so, or I hate the Democrat. I hate... That's nonsense. And that's so hurtful to, the, to our country, <laughs> to, to the people involved. But that wasn't Koki. That was not Koki. So, uh, when she asked a question, even though it was a question that she knew if the answer wasn't satisfactory to the public, the person she was questioning was in trouble. But it was not personal. It was the business, and it was what she did so brilliantly uh, in Washington. And the passion for history and the knowledge of history, which I think is too often absent, you know. I mean, you know, people, oh, the first time this, the first time that. Koki knew what was going on. Koki was, was a student of history until her last days. That's true. And her first book, you know, we have so much. I've heard so much when I was growing up, The Founding Fathers. Right. She wrote a book about the influence of the founding mothers. <laughs> she'd tell us about Martha Washington, and she'd tell us about Dolly Madison, and she'd tell us about John Adams' wife, Abigail, Abigail Adams, and all of that. Yeah. And, and one time I said to her, well, Koki, uh, yes, uh, the, Martha was not freezing out of Valley Forge with George during that terrible winter. She said, yes, and if she hadn't been home taking care of things, he wouldn't have been able to do that either. Okay, you win. <laughs> amazing, you win. amazing. Yeah, uh, I uh, I talked to her on the floor of the convention in, in in 2016, her last convention, and I asked her how many conventions that that she been to. She's 22, of course, she had the number tip. I mean, can you say how many conventions you've been? Because I couldn't. I would have to go back and start counting. I'd have to count. Yes. Uh, so she's got it right there. 64. She's got it right there on the tip of her tongue. 22, right. and then without missing a beat, she says, "But this is the first one that's ever nominated a woman." <laughs> <laughs> well, that was so important to her, as I say. And she she mentored young women. I think we've been over that. I mean, she she knew how tough it was uh, to break in. She had broken in, and she'd broken in to the top. And now she was helping young women, saying, you can do it, too. You just stand up to them. Know your stuff. Get in there. Don't, don't sit back in second place when uh, you have something to say. And uh, it worked. Well, Sam, thank you for taking time to to share those recollections, and thank you uh, for for being the mentor that you have been to me. Um, and, and like I say, I really I really mean it. When I came to ABC, because I grew up watching Cokie Roberts and Sam Donaldson. And well, you're very kind. New generations come along. New generations uh, come uh, along. You as our we, White House correspondent, distinguish <laughs> yourself, John. I know you have a new book coming out soon, and I uh, can't wait for the public to read it. I, I appreciate that, Sam, and it's an honor to sit in the same seat you sat in. Thank you very much, Sam Donaldson. We'll talk to you again soon. You bet. All right, we are going to close out this special edition of Powerhouse Politics with a uh, remembrance of Cokie Roberts. Uh, you'll hear her voice. You'll hear uh, about her remarkable life, a, 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 a remarkable uh, obituary that was put together by uh, my good friend Avery Miller, who we heard from here, Lauren uh, Petrino, and the Good Morning America team. Thank you for listening. She's been a fixture behind the news desk for over 40 years. 
We're following two major stories tonight. Reporting on the stories that shape generations. After all, President Clinton's problems with Jennifer Flowers were not just her word, it was tape recordings. Journalism was her calling, but politics, well, that was Cokie's passion. As a reporter and author, she trailblazed her way through an industry where women were barely seen. Her full name was Mary Martha Corinne Morrison Claiborne Roberts, but anyone who knew her affectionately called her Cokie. Thank you for having me, and please call me Cokie. Born in Louisiana in 1943, Cokie Roberts was the daughter of longtime U.S. representatives Hale Boggs and Lindy Boggs, who collectively served the people of New Orleans for 46 years. The other women who were in Washington when I was growing up and Lucy was growing up, uh, that we watched run everything. Through her parents, she enjoyed a front row seat to history and politics, which shaped her interest in Washington, learning the world of Congress the way other children learn to walk and talk. As a young girl, she considered joining the family business. But in college, her interest in journalism was sparked when she met her husband, Steve Roberts. But her love and close ties to Washington were never far behind. President Lyndon B. Johnson famously even attended her wedding in 1966. She began working as an anchor in Washington at 21, and shortly after headed to New York to work as a reporter. It was essentially reporting and then writing very brief little stories, and I loved it. Before landing at NPR for 10 years as political commentator. From ABC News. But in 1988, she found her home right here. The American people don't want this to go on. But he for can't do, year. and I didn't inhale, and I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't ever drafted. And I at ABC News, working as a contributor on This Week. It's your definition of womanized. Most term. women know it when they see it, Senator. Cokie's razor sharp mind. Women have been the bastion of bipartisanship in the Senate. We'll see whether that's true with this new crop of women. Matched only by her infinite kindness when the cameras stopped rolling. I have three cameras here. You must be a very important person. (laughs) And always, always the smile, that giggle, her sense of humor. (laughs) This week would become her home, co-anchoring the show with Sam Donaldson from 1996 to 2002. From there, she would become a staple of ABC News political coverage, interviewing presidents, politicians, and first ladies, embodying the idea of journalistic integrity and female empowerment. I hate to say it, John, but it's a female thing. Women do work together a lot. Uh, Much more so than their husbands. Much more so than men. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. She would write several New York Times bestsellers recounting the untold and remarkable contributions of women in American history. When I started out in the world of work, it was illegal for women to become generals or admirals. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. a huge change in the years that, that I've been plowing this turf. <laughs> <laughs> Received countless awards, be cited as one of the 50 greatest women in the history of broadcasting, and hold more than 30 honorary degrees, inspiring students with words at commencements all across the country. You must look at the institutions of government, politics, business, the academy, and journalism, and hold them accountable to the people they are supposed to serve. 
In 2002, battling breast cancer and bravely facing going on the air wearing a wig. I felt um, first going on the air in a wig that I looked really goofy. And, um, and election night 2002, I, it was my best wig. It was the human hair wig, not the synthetic mm -hmm. wig. And I thought it just looked awful. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, so it, it's hard. Koki, always the inspiration for those who had the privilege and were blessed to work by her side. She made each one of her fellow colleagues better by always striving for the best and by always remembering and reminding us all to keep the compassion in journalism. The man, the father, the statesman, the just goodness of George H.W. Bush. Cokie Roberts, the beloved mother of two, grandmother of six, and a legend to us all.